you've got to do the job if you want to work in this industry you have to tick tick all the boxes but you've got to keep pushing and taking those risks otherwise you're going to be stuck in in that sort of pigeonhole This is Big Lens Fast Shutter Special Interview Series, Time to Spare, with me, Boko, and Matt Cohen. For over eight years, Rhea and Matt have been discussing and helping others to become better sports photographers. In this series, they talk to other sports creatives about what they do, how they got there, and what they're working on. In this episode, Rhea talks to Adam Pretty. He's an international award-winning photographer shooting for Getty, specializing in sports and advertising, including seven Olympic Games. His work has been featured in Time, Sports Illustrated, and other publications around the world. Here's Reed. We see this as a humanitarian mission to save photographers from doing something really stupid in a time like this. These are interviews that will literally save lives. Rather, as Ralph puts it, a conversation with sports photographers around the world. So, without further ado, this is Time to Spare, a BLFS special interview series brought to you by Corona, the virus and not the beer, in case we want this to be sponsored by the beer in the near future. So, today, we introduce you to Adam Pretty, a sports photographer from Australia, but he is in Munich, in Germany at the moment. And Adam is very busy unpacking his tablet right now. Trying to, anyway. Yes. It's Hi. Difficult. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Yeah. Got a bit of time on my hands. So, yes, that is good. So, you relaxed. Yeah. So, you were telling me just now that you were unpacking your tablet. What is it that you are doing these, well, well these past couple of days? Right. So, assignment for um, Tennis Australia at the start of the year before at the Australian Open Tennis Mm -hmm. uh, and just preparing some pictures to be printed. So just trying to learn how to retouch using a tablet because the trackpad was giving me RSI. (laughs) Oh, God. Maybe you can uh, sue Corona after all this is over. I know, perhaps. Yeah. (laughs) You have actually heard of us because we actually did an interview with you a long time ago. Like long, long, long. Um, I think it was over. It was about your swimming photos, your diving photos, if you remember this. Yeah, Did yeah. It? From was it from Shanghai? Maybe I think. Might or? be, might be the black and white um, uh, diving photos. Yeah, yeah. Maybe two thousand twelve. Then I think it could have been. Yeah. So we were young back then. Yeah. Now we got RSI and other problems. I want to just basically start out as like how you got into sports photography. Well, at high school was sort of when I first became interested. I was sort of into um, art, sort of illustration, drawing. And then I actually went for work experience at the City Morning Herald with a cartoonist there. And unfortunately, he had to go to Germany. I think one of his relatives was sick. So he had to leave pretty much the day that I got in for work experience. So when I was 15, 15, 16, year 10 anyway, at high school in Australia. And I was sitting around the office and probably looking quite sad. And one of the photographers saw me, took pity on me and said, oh, do you want to come out with me? Spend some time with me. And I you know, I had nothing else to do, of course. So I said, yep. And spent the day with, with him and just 
fell in love sort of with what what he did like just going out and meeting people shooting assignments coming back processing the film you know seeing the whole process that sort of got me hooked so then yeah went and saved up bought myself a camera uh and then set up a dark room in my parents laundry yeah my school was sort of at the time was good at sport had some good sports teams so photographed a lot of rugby a lot of football soccer swimming things like that so that sort of got me started in the sports photography game you know as I went through high school I, that's sort of a, what I wanted to do and I went to university I studied yeah so I finished high school then went to university for two months because I couldn't get a job over the um the three months I was going to have a year off but I couldn't mm-hmm. get a job so I started university and then at the same time I studied university I got a job with the Sydney Morning Herald in the uh, Mac room so it was just at the time when they made the transition from still shooting film but shooting film and scanning it rather than printing it in the wet dark room yeah I was 17 so I knew how to use a computer I was into photography went to the interview and they said yeah we're doing this setting this up so I started there and I worked there for a couple of years and then all my spare time after my shifts on the weekends I'd just go and try and shoot sports events that other photographers weren't doing and then gradually sort of edged my way in in that way so your style i mean like it's it would be quite interesting to just like talk about your style what it was like back when we talked when we talked for the first time which is about eight years ago and that was your underwater diving photos the black and white ones compared to what it is now what is the difference do you think personally between what you've actually been what you the styles the style that you used eight years ago and right now i don't really see that much difference i don't think i mean it's been an evolution i am doing much less sort of pure editorial just sort of from from my own choice just because i got a little bit too maybe a bit too comfortable i think uh you know just going to an event (laughs) and now i'm sort of shooting um probably about half sort of advertising commercial uh assignment then maybe half editorial so I, I mean, I still approach things the same way as I always did. I think it's just the different work that I've been doing has given me more opportunities, I guess, to develop that style. I think, like, I, yeah, I mean, I don't. It's probably hard from looking at me, you know, because if I make changes, it's going to happen slowly. I'm not going to all of a sudden start shooting in a different way because I want to produce work that's, you know, mine, and it's uniquely mine. And yeah, I've tried to develop that over the last sort of twenty years. Yeah, you tell me if, if you think my style's <laughs> totally changed. You're probably a better judge than, than I am, I think, just because as I, I've been seeing it's happened so slowly, if it has happened. It is like um, it's, if I like not see my daughter for six months compared to if I've seen her every day type of thing, you know, like you see how much she's grown. But if you see like in a very long span, you probably won't see it, especially if it comes to yourself. Like if I'm asked that same question, I would probably feel the same way. Like, well, have I, has it actually changed? But I've been looking through my archives lately because now I can. And I started uh, this job in 2005. And I, if I can actually go back in time and hit myself so many times in so many occasions because I missed so many shots or I 
didn't focus on certain things like man like it would be just going i'm just going crazy looking at my old things so i do actually feel like there has been a development and evolution of my work as well and i've actually seen it in yours do you think like is there like like one or two differences that you can actually say for yourself that are you think is different you how you're different from other sports photographers i don't know one or two differences i don't know if there's that many guys who have i guess made the jump as as such to to do sort of advertising work and go back and forwards i mean maybe that's a bit arrogant sounding but i you know at least within get images where i'm where i'm working um i haven't seen it happen so much and in the wider world it doesn't happen as much it's either you're a commercial photographer or you're an editorial photographer and i hope i've sort of been able to bridge that gap a little bit with my work so maybe that's that's a slight difference and the other thing i'll, I'll say is I, I guess i tried to stay true to my style you know always try and you know come up with something new something fresh and not try and be influenced by um or what I'm seeing sort of currently shot. I mean, of course, look at artwork, look at paintings, look at artists, you know, sculptures, things like that. But just try not to um, be directly influenced by other photographers, or at least in sports. So like in terms of like editorial versus advertising, which one do you prefer right now? I like a mix. If I'm doing one all the time, then I miss the other one. So I like I like to be able to jump in and out. I mean, at the moment, of advertising's maybe a little bit more interesting to me just because it challenges me a bit more. I have to think a bit more about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not probably as comfortable doing it. So it gets, uses up, I guess, more of my brain power. You know, as I said, I just I think I got a little bit too comfortable and then I probably took my foot off the gas slightly. So that's why I felt like it was time to, to mix it up. But then, as I said, if I do too much stuff inside in the studio or, you know, shooting assignments for briefs for specific people, it, you, you know, you, I get a little bit tired of that too. And I want to jump back in and just have the freedom of sort of editorial sport. Um, so like, for instance, like uh, the editorial sport that you've done recently was like, can you name like uh, a few that was that you were very, very happy about and also the ones you were not very, very happy about? The assignment I did at the start of this year for Tennis Australia, that was a great assignment. It was like just a behind the scenes look at, at the players, you know, and what they do to prepare for a Grand Slam. Uh, it was really, really good access. It just gave me the opportunity to shoot something that no one sort of shot before. Uh, and that's sort of what I'm, you know, that's my goal as a photographer and sports photographer is to do that and to be able to be given that trust and the access and then try and develop those relationships. That was one of my favorite jobs ever. And it's, you know, it's a long time coming, you know, it's, it's sort of 20 plus years into my career. But that's the sort of stuff that I'm looking forward to now where you do build those relationships and it is a trust thing. You know, I guess you have to have a little bit of a reputation as well for someone to, to give you that. So that was definitely one of my favorites. The other one was I've been doing some work for Lumix and Panasonic with the release of their new camera. And I shot a series of Olympic sort of stories. And one of them was rock climbing, which was in Yangshou in China. And I went over there with two athletes from Australia, uh, two rock climbers. And that just everything just came together so perfectly from the weather, the locations we got, the access we were able to, to get as well. I thought the pictures were good too. It was one of those things that never really happens where just everything fell into place. You know, we had five days to shoot and each of the five days was perfect. I mean, one of the days I missed something just because we, from my fault, but we had time to go back and try it again. So that was, that was good as well. Yeah, probably one of my favorite editorial assignments as well. 
this one, I think, what didn't go so well. What didn't go so well? I don't know. I mean, you have bad matches, but I don't look at it as such. I mean, maybe when you're younger, you think if you have a bad football match or something, you miss something, you're pretty devastated. And I think you still need to have that. Otherwise, what's the point in trying to do it anyway? You want to you want to be disappointed. But you know, I haven't had anything where I've been devastated or upset that I've I've sort of blown you know blown something recently. I mean, if anything, the other I did another shoot which was really challenging. We did an overnight shoot. I can't really talk about what it was because it's not released yet. But that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done too. So we shot from say eight o'clock p.m. until seven a.m. because we had to shoot overnight, and it was six pictures six very challenging pictures and i think no one really thought we could get it done i mean i i had faith i guess <laughs> i thought i'd be able to do it i thought i'd be able to achieve it just because i'd done that sort of thing before but that was really really tough i mean that could have gone could have gone wrong but it it didn't and i mean that's sort of what i like to do i want to do things now that do challenge me there is a risk i think anytime you're taking a risk with your sports photography or photography in general, that's where you've got the chance of actually getting something maybe a bit unique uh, that also challenges you that you haven't expected to get. And when you are putting yourself under a lot of pressure, I, it works. I found it works for me, at least through my career, if I am working sort of more on adrenaline and on instinct rather than thinking everything through slowly at the time of shooting it, I, I tend to come up with sort of fresher work. And it's, I guess it's just more me and my style. Whereas if, if you've got time to you know, look at it, stop and look at the back of your camera or your laptop and go over it, analyse everything, I think, at least for me, I tend to lose a bit of that spark and you try and create and polish and it just doesn't end up always working out so well rather than if you're just sort of shooting with instinct and what you see sort of almost with reflex. But, I mean, it's different. I think it's different for every person. I think that's just the way that I like to work and it's, I guess it's been semi-successful for me doing that that's i mean that's just one of the ways i like to work if i am not totally comfortable i think i work quite well as well which i mean of course i like to sit in the studio and have all day to work on one picture but it doesn't happen very often nowadays with anything i mean even if you go to a sports event you've got requests you might have to take care of you know clients you're working for you've got a lot of different hats i guess is what i'm trying to say rather than just go and take one nice picture which was how it was when I was back at the newspaper. You know, you just had to get one shot or, you know, obviously come back with three so you can give the editor a choice. But basically, you only needed one picture. But I haven't worked like that since, you know, 1996 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, so it's been a while. I think there's a lot, especially with uh, agency photography, there's a lot required for you to do. I have actually spoken to other agency photographers and they did say that it feels like they have to do more and more each year not just like taking pictures of the sporting event but they will have to do some of them have to conduct interviews they have to do 360 they have to do all sorts of things and what do you think about that it's that like you're if you had a chance you want to just like do and take i'm assuming you just want to take pictures and very be very concentrated on that but the agencies then like asking you to do more than what your not capable of being able to do but it's just just a lot more the coverage yeah i mean of course but then i think you've got to to make it work for you as well like you of course doing 360s i mean i'll be honest i didn't really have any interest in doing that um i mean i had a look at it i tried it out but then it was all oh we have to shoot 360s have to shoot 360s but 
I think if you don't want to do something, then you find another thing that you can do. Say, look, I can offer this. And that's what I've tried to do as well, saying, look, I'm, I'm shooting this commercial work, I'm doing these meetings, I'm doing so bringing business in other areas. I want to concentrate on that. And just when I'm doing editorial, I want to try and do just my editorial as such. Mm. Um, of course, if, yeah, if, you know, I have a job, so if they tell me I need to do it, I have to do it. Um, but I think you can, you can also, you know, walk the path you want to walk as well. I mean, it's not all about just saying, yes, yes, yes. You have to sort of do what you want to do. Otherwise, you're not going to produce good work. And I think you can tell if, if it's from, what's the word I'm trying to say? If it's, you know, if it's come from you and come from what you want to do, of course, you're going to put more effort into it rather than just say, you know, go and do a job, go home, you know, the bare minimum. Whereas I think, yeah, if you are, if you're the one driving that, then you're going to put much more effort in and I think your results will be better as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, if you've got like a passion rather than just doing it for a job. And it's always a difficult thing. I just want to go back and talk about the importance of access when it comes to sports photography because most of the people who listen to your podcast are people who want to become a sports photographer rather than who are sports photographers right now. And we do stress the access part a lot. If you're shooting a professional event, it is very, 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 very difficult to get access to locker rooms or the tunnel or anything. Basically, you're not allowed to be there. But if you're shooting amateur events, I mean, you just have to talk to the right person. And it will just basically give you as much access as you want. You did talk about it a little bit, but can you just talk about like really the importance of access when it comes to sports photography for some things definitely i mean if you are doing that behind the scenes i guess more reportage look or side of sports photography which is you know it's sort of in vogue at the moment it's it's it'll change to something else next year or the year after it happens you know changes every couple of years but yeah access is definitely important if you want to do that um to have that trust and build that up with someone that that's a relationship you know it doesn't come you don't just walk in and get that um so you need to develop those relationships but i found as well since when i started you know in sydney olympics you know i was how old was i 22 23 a lot of those same people who were managing those venues then went on to do like four three four five olympic games after so you make those connections even you know even when you are 17 years old or 20 years old you'll see that those people down the line and you know, if you treat them nicely, just have respect, you know, it's going to come back and um, and be good for you sort of down the line. And and that's what's happened. Then I guess that's how you build your reputation as a, you know, obviously it helps if you take nice pictures as well and you're a good <laughs> photographer. But you don't realize when you're a younger photographer is it's, you know, all about relationships as well, especially for anything in life as well. You know, if, if there's a person that's nice to deal with, maybe they're not quite as good a photographer as that other person, but you know what, they might try the other person once, but if they have a tough time, they're going to come back to you if you're the um, easier person to deal with or the uh, the, the nicer sort of guy or, or girl. So I think that's that comes down to a lot of getting access as well is how you can work those connections and angles but then there's a lot of stuff when i when i started it wasn't really about access for me it was you know finding a spot where no one was and that was almost getting less access because access would get you into a spot where the photographer's position was whereas i didn't want to be there i wanted to be somewhere where no one else was so that i could get something unique and something would make my work stand out and hopefully get published just because it was the only picture it's something that is very underrated because I shoot a lot of football 
And as you are aware, before the match starts, you know, they have these group photos of each teams. It's a scrum to get these photos. And I've always wondered why everyone wants to take exactly the same photo. It still blows my mind because there's yeah. still a lot of people with their every single match trying to get, exactly you know, um, pictures of, of, of the team. I was like, what? why? Why do you want Why do you want this? You know, it's... I mean, I think that comes down to, I guess... I mean, you as a photographer, but also the management, who you're working for, what the expectations are. Of course, you've got to, if, if it's a picture that you need to have, like a team picture, maybe you definitely need to have it. You've got to do your job, but then move aside and go and do something else. You can change expectations as well from how you work. If you're not delivering those pictures, but they're getting used, then you'll get, I guess, that permission to go and do something different and, and be your own person. Um, you know, find your own angles. And that's also what I tried to do from from a young age and I was fortunate to, to work with guys who drum that into me saying you don't want to shoot the same picture otherwise you're not going to get it used and then you're up against people that maybe they're a specialist at shooting a finish line and if you shoot finish lines two times a year your finish line's not going to be as good as theirs unless something drastic happens so you want to find something where you do have an edge and that edge could be that you're in a position no one else is in yeah I mean football's hard because you're you're sort of stuck and there's you are very restricted and that's one of the reasons why I don't love shooting football because, you know, you, you go there, you sit down, you're at the wrong end. <laughs> it's a little bit soul-destroying, you know, because yep. all, all it comes down to is, I mean, not all, but, I mean, there is a lot more luck involved. And I think, I know I've always said you make your own luck in sports, which I think you do, but... You know, you don't know where which way the person's going to run. You can research as many matches as you want, but maybe when he scores that big goal or she scores that big goal, they turn around and do something different. So you can't really predict that. So yeah, what I'm trying to say is you you do got to do the job if you want to work in this industry. You have to tick tick all the boxes, but you've got to keep pushing and taking those risks. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in in that sort of pigeonhole where, yeah, he's the guy or the girl that gets a good handshake picture. Uh, or gets this picture, but they're not delivering anything extra. And I think it's, yeah, try and get that done as quick as possible with as little energy as possible while still covering it and doing a good job, but then, you know, move on to what you're passionate about, which might be yeah, trying to find something different or a unique angle. That also gets, you know, it gets harder as, as you get older because you've shot a lot more. So there's not much that seems fresh. So that's, that's a big challenge I had, and that's also why I like to be able to drift in and out because when you've been away from something, you do come back with a bit more motivation and fresh eyes. As you said, you know, you haven't seen someone you know, like especially a child here for a couple of six months, three months, you know, even a couple of weeks, sometimes you notice a big change. Uh, and that's the same with, with sport and anything, you know, even if you go away but and the light changes over that month, you know, um, you come back and you're, oh, wow, you see something fresh. Whereas if you're doing it week in, week out, there's such minute changes, you don't notice it. So I think it's important to have that refresh a lot of the time or at least for me it is anyway speaking of refresh there is a bit of a new wave coming in terms of photography gear for the past couple of years and it's in mirrorless what is your current opinion on the mirrorless cameras that are being thrown uh it's been thrown at sports photographers for the past couple of years yeah i was maybe a little bit slow on the uptake to be honest, I, I, I love it. It's given me a 
fresh lease of life. I mean, yeah, to be upfront about it, I am doing some work for Panasonic in their Olympic campaign with the Lumix cameras. I don't know if I can say it in the podcast, but yeah, sure. it's given me a new lease of life. I mean, I can shoot sports differently from how I've ever shot sports before. You know, after more than 20 years in the game, that's, that's amazing. I mean, it's just a breath of fresh air. Initially, I thought, oh, it doesn't do what I could do with the other camera, but then there's 10 other things that you can do that you can't do with an SLR sort of blown my mind but what's that one thing that you can say that mirrorless really has the edge or that is completely different from dslr in terms of shooting sports for me it's being able to to have the camera away from your eye and to move the focus point to the furthest corner so your composition is never under threat by having to put your focus point somewhere. So you've got total freedom of composition. You've got total freedom where you place the camera. That's, it's been phenomenal. And the other thing I will say is shooting on a prime, like I've got a 51.4. I mean, it's it's the best lens I've ever used. <laughs> I've ever used this lens. And you can, you're actually getting it sharp at 1.4 with action. I mean, I don't know what has changed with the autofocus system, but that doesn't happen on the, um, or at least didn't happen for me really with the SLR shooting a 51.4 or 1.2 you, you never really could shoot action properly uh and i can now so it just gives your sports reportage whatever pictures a different look and opens up you know a whole new area of opportunities and how to shoot things and that's that's why i'm so excited about it there is sacrifices it's not i don't have a 400 mil lens at the moment on the system i'm using but do I want to have a 400mm lens? Not really, because then I just go and shoot the same stuff I've already shot. Whereas now I've got an unbelievable 50. I mean, this 7200 as well. I don't know what they've done <laughs> to the glass in this 7200, but I did a test for a couple of weeks, yeah, maybe two weeks ago in the studio, and I compared this zoom to a prime. The zoom lens like blew the prime lens away, and of course I'm excited. It's just I don't know enough about the technical differences between having the sensor where in this place where the mirrorless camera is to where the slr sensor is in relation to where the lens is and the angle of the light hitting it but it somehow looks better or at least it looks different to me now so i think it's better because it is something something new something fresh and just the optical sharpness every everything has, has moved forward so really really excited again so what do you say like your current favorite lenses is the 50 50- the primes or the 7200 or there are other lenses that you really are you know just you're using it quite often you really like the look of it and everything else yeah i mean this this 51.4 i mean check it out <laughs> it's i mean it's it's a big chunk of a lens it's about the size of a uh, slr 24 so it's it's a it's a big lens that's a but big lens yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but the the quality is just unbelievable um so that's probably my favorite for a zoom I, I i tried not to shoot as much on zooms i mean for a long time actually but the 7200 is sort of a workhorse especially for a sports photographer probably look back at my pictures a lot of the pictures are going to be on the 7200 you know a big probably at least half of my pictures would be taken on the 7200 i think just because you use it all the time so that's amazing yeah, the 2470 zoom's good. I'm just waiting for them to release a 35 and an 85, which hopefully, I think, ooh, yeah, I think it's coming this year or next year. Maybe there's a hold up, maybe if the Olympics don't happen. So I don't know about that, but that will be, I'm really looking forward to those lenses coming as well. Everything I've used so far beyond sort of expectations, I guess. So it's it's been good. But yeah, probably 50, sorry for the long-winded answer, but probably 50 would be my current favorite, I think, at the moment. With the 
advancements in mirrorless cameras, that's really going to affect sports photography in the future. I don't know if it's yeah, I, I or maybe just, not. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe not. I mean it's I, I've liked it just because it's it's pushed me to shoot sport in a different way. But maybe other people don't see it that way. Like yeah, I, I, at the moment I think it's a bit early for me to say. I don't obviously I don't want everyone to move over to mirrorless and shoot the same as what I'm trying to shoot. Just because then <laughs> you got to find something else. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We have to move on quickly already. But I just think it's it's going to add another dimension, I think, to sports photography, and I guess develop it more. Don't know if it's made it easier, like you know the development of autofocus. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's really helped that way. Like, a, you can shoot more frames per second, but that can also be a bit of a um, problem too, because then you've got to edit. Yeah, a lot more. So you spend a lot more For time sure. editing. Yeah, maybe I'm a bit slow, but I think it's it's, it's going to help. But I think it's going to help shoot sport in different ways rather than. I guess that's pushing forward too, though. You know, because it's yeah. going to change how we look at it. So I think, yeah, definitely, it's going to have a have a big influence. I think so too. I mean, you know, whether or not it's going to be a positive or a negative influence, I still got. I still don't know either. You know, but it does. It does look like everyone's going to be shifting. All the manufacturers are shifting towards making everything mirrorless. We will see. We will see how many they can basically sell to us because it's not a. It's never going to be a very cheap decision to switch over to mirrorless, mirrorless as well. No, especially if the lens mounts all change, things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, people got a lot of money invested. So it's yeah, it is. I mean, it is a big decision. I guess I'm good to be able to try stuff. So I'm in that fortunate position where I can, you know, have a go at a few different systems, without obviously too much financial risk. I guess yeah. Stay stay tuned. <laughs> Run down on what I what I think of the gear. But at the moment, yeah, I'm super positive. Really, really impressed from shooting sort of reportage outside, outdoors to indoor studio stuff. It's it's been it's been great. Like speaking of money, do most of your income come from shooting sports, or is it kind of half and half now? Yeah, so I'm still on staff, so I'm paid salary, but yeah, probably half and half. I would say. So like, yeah, basically, uh, I think for people who aren't aware, like half working for Getty as a staff photographer and then half doing kind of like freelancing type of thing, right? That's kind of how it works. No, no, I'm, I'm on staff, full-time staff. Oh, like, you're a full-time staff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I see, I see, I see. I think like that's the biggest question that a lot of people probably do have is that whether or not to make that jump into a full-time sports photographer and obviously like times have basically changed since i don't know like you or i well i started a little bit later than you have but to become a sports photographer doing it as a freelance because i'm doing this freelance and you're doing it as a staff photographer there's a massive there's a big difference do you think it's a feasible choice of a profession right now to become a sports photographer uh yeah i mean definitely i, th- I think it is there's more work than ever People are using more pictures than ever. I mean, it's it's definitely competitive. Uh, I mean, probably not now with the whole coronavirus thing going down. I mean, that's probably the worst thing to be in. But you know, it's going to come back and it's going to come back strong. I mean, next year, as we talked about earlier, I think it might have been before we started the interview, but it's going to be the busiest year ever. It's probably a good time to start getting into it. You know, like have a quick practice, get down in your local park when you're allowed outside again. That is, <laughs> you know, get get ready because next year. There's going to be so much on all the agencies. Everyone's going to be spread thin. There's not going to be enough photographers around to cover everything. So I know at the moment, 
lot of the sports guys are doing sort of news jobs to keep busy. But next year, I, I can imagine a lot of the news guys are going to be dragged into sport uh, just because, you know, the Olympics going to be on, the tennis is going to be on, the football's on, everything's going to be clashing. I think, yeah, the future's bright for sports photography. And, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing more and more work and more and more opportunities come up as well, uh, and not just because I've been around a long time, but also for, for younger guys. When I was down in Melbourne, there's a lot of young guys in Melbourne up and coming who just started out and they're getting like a load of work of course now they'll be struggling everything being shut down but you know that'll come back as well so i don't think there's ever been really more work than what there is now i mean i thought with all the papers sort of shutting down it would stop but then a lot more people are using photography than ever before so i think it's it's going to stay stay strong people listen to this interview in eight years we do have this coronavirus thing that is going everywhere i just have to put that in context because Otherwise, everyone's going to be everyone's quite busy because this is supposed to be an Olympic year. An Olympic year is in general. There's a lot of sports that is happening, and a lot of um, media wants to pick that up. So canoeing will be popular for some weird reason because your country's canoeist guy is actually doing it. Like, yeah, it's got a weird year always than before Olympics. Just so you know. Right now, there's coronavirus, and we cannot go outside. There's no sports happening. So what are you doing right now besides the Wacom tablet that you've just done the unboxing for? <laughs> I've got a lot of editing to do, so I'm going to do like a bit of a portfolio refresh, edit sort of all the jobs I've done from the end of last year up till now, just because I had a crazy probably four or five months where I was away from home. Even the start of this year, I was away from sort of the beginning of January until 10 days ago pretty much I was only home for four days in what's that almost three months so that was tough so I've got a lot of catching up to do editing things like that so I'll be I'll be busy for a while and also I find it good to go to spend some time away and then come back and look at pictures you've taken because you come back a bit maybe a bit less emotionally involved you know you've had time to recover from spending like a thousand hours doing that job and so you're sort of every picture's like your baby you're attached to it so it's good to have some time away then come back and do an edit so I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, then I don't know. I've got got to do a bit of work sorting out an underwater housing for the new camera for the Lumix. So I'm going to try and give that a test. I mean, probably can't go into a pool yet, but at least run some tests with the connections, your, things like that. Bathtub, I think. Yeah, maybe in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got I've got plenty of plenty of stuff to do, and then I'm sure Getty they'll find some work for me to do as well. well of course, because they're still paying you, so they have to use you at some point. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any upcoming projects, like personal stuff that you want to get started or you're thinking about doing? Yeah, not not at the moment, just because because it was the Olympic year. That was I was going to do the Olympics and the Paralympics, you know, get these first three months out of the way, which was super busy, hectic, then recover with a bit of football back in back in Munich and then hit the Olympics. So at the moment, no, I haven't I haven't got anything. I mean, obviously, it's still. I don't know if it's 100% postponed or not. I haven't checked the BBC or anything this morning, so I don't know. And I haven't got confirmation from the guys at work. So I, I haven't looked that far ahead yet. Just, you know, I thought, don't want to plan too much, then I'll get, you know, disappointed. Uh, <laughs> so at the moment, I'm still assuming it's going to happen until okay. it's not, and then I'll think of something. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't, I haven't got anything sort of up my sleeve, really. I've got a few ideas I want to pursue. I want to do a bit more um a little bit more video so that would be something i try and look at if i do have that time try and work on that 
definitely just because it's you know it's something i can experiment with while i have a bit of freedom a bit of spare time around so i'd like to do that yeah probably more than that no nothing nothing yet just because everything was sort of locked in i think that's the case for a lot of the guys it's going to be like oh what do i do now I had two, three months of my year locked away. Now it's now it's open. So you did actually mention about the sports photography really coming back strong, hopefully when everything is back on track again, all the leagues and everything else. Is there like one advice you can give a like a budding sports photographer? Anything? Yeah, I mean, use the time to, to hit people up you know ask some questions of guys you respect or girls you respect go and ask some questions now if they don't help you now you know they're, they're never going to help you so you can maybe find out make some connections at the moment get some advice get your portfolio looked at have your pictures reviewed show them some projects things like that because people are going to be sitting at home looking for stuff to do you know that's what i'd be doing if i was um you know starting out sort of a more junior sports photographer for sure, is just trying to work on those connections and, and also make try and make some connections, you know. Hit some people up on Instagram or wherever else, just make some make some contacts. Get your name out there now, market yourself a little bit so that when, when the work does kick off, you're, you're, you're fresh in the minds of the editor or the, um, the person that's going to be assigning those jobs. You don't want to be calling them after it's already on happening. You want to, you want to make those connections now when, when you've got time, they've got time. And then you're going to be at the front of their their minds, you know, when they're trying to pull someone out. They've got 50 football games happening at once. They're like, oh, I need someone in, you know, wherever it might be. Oh, yeah, he's in, you know, Adam's in Munich. Give Adam a call. Yeah, that's that's what I'd be doing. And uh, where can people find your work? Um, you can list as many social media as you want or your website. I'm only Insta and I uh, have a website, which is just adampretty.com and then Instagram. I think I'm just Adam. Just let me check. I think it's just Adam Pretty. Sorry. How do I check it? Uh, yeah, just Adam Pretty. One word. A-D-A-M-P-R-E-T-T-Y. Adam, thank you so much. I know you're very, very busy right now at this time yeah, of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I really recommend I really recommend everyone to uh, go check out Adam's work. He's, uh, he's very good at uh, what he does. Thank you very much. And you too. If you've been listening to this interview and if you want to learn more about sports photography, please go to biglensfastshutter.com. We have been running this with uh, Matt Cohen and I, and we just are there to make you a better sports photographer. We're not the nicest people in the whole world, but we get you results, you know, which is good. I think if you have a bit of a thick skin, you will enjoy our lessons. One last thing is a Patreon thing, and that is... P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash B-L-F-S This is uh, Revocal signing off and uh, yeah, we'll see you again in the next uh, interview. Thanks.